0: you're listening to Core Community Radio, and this is the seventh episode of Classic Jazz Travels. My name is Doug Anderson, and I'll be bringing you music from Jazz's rich timeline, from the 1920s to the recent recordings made by today's jazz musicians. If you're new to jazz, I hope to give you some insight into what I hear and how I learned to listen to this really special and uniquely American music. Last week we celebrated the birthday of the great drummer Elvin Jones. I'll continue to bring you music that features Elvin, but this week I want to focus on larger ensembles. Having a big band doesn't mean you have to just perform in the mood. Traditional 15 to 18 piece big bands or the smaller quartets or octets or nonets, allow for more harmonic textures, huge dynamic range, and are generally quite exciting to listen to, but it takes work to isolate and hear so many voices. Today, as I've done in past episodes, let's try and see which instruments we can hear and what role they may play in the orchestra. Lastly, there are plenty of big bands out there, but I think it may just be cost prohibitive to take them out on the road these days. Thankfully, writers, arrangers, and communities across the world still offer both creative and financial support. Let's begin today in the early years. Joe King Oliver got his start playing in saloons and marching bands in the New Orleans neighborhood of Storyville. He performed with many local bands including Kid Ory's, from whom some say Joe got the nickname King. He eventually moved upriver to Chicago and led and recorded with his Creole Jazz Band and his Dixie Syncopaters. It's also said that he got a young trumpet player named Louis Armstrong to move to Chicago and join his group. Sadly after a string of great bands and recordings the Great Depression somehow left King Oliver down and out in Savannah, Georgia. We're lucky to have these recordings. Listen to the way the music swings during this time period. Listen to the textures, arrangements, and tones. Remember this swing so you can contrast it with the later era jazz. Here's King Oliver and his Dixie syncopators from 1926 with Wah Wah Wah. <laughs> with his Dixie Syncopators from 1926 with Wah Wah Wah. The Big Easy meets Chicago. Such a bounce that had. I would think the clubs in Chicago and anyone who dropped that on an old record player would instantly dance. Well, let's jump from the 20s to the early 40s now. Tommy Dorsey became one of the most famous band leaders in part because Hollywood used him in movies. And this next song was originally recorded for the feature film Broadway Rhythm, but it was cut from the film. It was eventually released on RCA Victor in 1943. Here's Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra with Opus One. In 1943, that was Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra with Opus 1. You're listening to Classic Jazz Travels, and I'm your host, Doug Anderson. Did you notice what 20 years of jazz progression did to the swing? The way the instruments played, the arrangement, or how the rhythm section played? Big band instrumentation and arranging often keeps the original intent, which to me was to offer rich sound textures and chord changes from a variety of instruments allow for either huge, loud, hole-bound shouts or quiet sectional passages. Dynamics were and continue to be huge, along with, of course, the unstoppable swinging rhythms. Let's jump to the late 50s now for a visit with the Duke. Blues in Orbit was recorded during 1958 and 59 on both American coasts. Here's Duke Ellington with the Billy Strayhorn penned Blues in Orbit. was Blues in Orbit, the title track from Duke Ellington's 1960 Columbia Records release. Simple, swingin'. The dynamics and time were luscious. So let's visit with another man with a single nickname, Count Basie. His late 50s and 60s big bands are the template if you're learning to play this music. This next song I believe was first released on Count's 1957 album April in Paris, but it was also recorded for his 1961 album. First Time, The Count Meets the Duke. It's guitarist Freddie Green's interpretation of the classic Until I Met You. Here's the Basie band live in 1962 with Corner Pocket, a.k.a. Until I Met You. That was the Basie band live in 1962 with Corner Pocket aka Until I Met You. Basie's drummer Sonny Payne is one of my favorites. He is so good at setting up the band's upcoming melodic lines. Such great drum fills. He was probably my favorite big band drummer. Then I discovered Buddy Rich. He began playing drums in vaudeville before the age of one. Billed his Traps the Wonder boy. Buddy's hands were probably the best in the business. He played with Bunny Berrigan, Artie Shaw, Tommy Dorsey, and led countless small groups and also his big bands. At a jazz festival when I was a kid, I approached him during the break and pulled on his suit coat from behind. My friend's dad, Roy Kennelly, who had sponsored the event, smiled and pointed me out to Buddy, who turned to me. At that point, I said hello and thanked him for his playing. Then I asked, Mr. Rich, how long have you been playing? He looked at Roy, then down at me and snickered. About an hour and a half, kid. He was a tough band leader, but someone you've got to have in your collection. From 1967, here's Buddy and his band with Machine. That was the Buddy Rich band from his 1967 Pacific Jazz record titled Big Swing Face and Machine. Somehow it doesn't matter all the things you hear about someone. Once they're on the bandstand, they seem to melt away. Buddy was one of those kind. So we're moving from a master drummer to a remarkable trumpet player and band leader, Maynard Ferguson. The next song comes from his 1974 Columbia Records album Chameleon. He blasts the high notes and then holds his trumpet for the vocals. Here's Maynard and Band with the classic Gershwin-Duke ballad, I Can't Get Started.
1: get started with you On the golf course I'm under par. Stan Canton made me a star Still I'm broken Cause I can't get started You're so supreme Mm. Lyrics I write of you Dream day and night of you And I scheme Just for the sight of you But what good does it do I've been invited to cheese By the Queen, Linda Lovelace, she thinks I'm obscene, still I'm brokenhearted, cause I can't get started with you.
0: Was the Maynard-Ferguson band with I Can't Get Started, Maynard singing of course and blasting the trumpet. What an amazing group. Have this in your library as well. We're going to switch gears now and move backward to smaller ensembles. This is probably one of the moments in jazz history where people stopped and realized something huge was going on. This to some is the beginning of post-bebop jazz and the cool period. Different arrangements, different vibe, totally connected as a unit. These small ensembles stretch the jazz timeline out again. This is Miles Davis from his 1957 album Birth of the Cool with Israel. Was Miles Davis with Israel from his nineteen fifty-seven album *Birth of the Cool* on Capitol Records? This record was recorded in nineteen forty-nine and fifty. Again, I wonder why it was shelved until nineteen fifty-seven. I'm so glad Gil Evans and Miles got together to create this nonet. Order this album tonight. So let's stick with little big bands for the next number. We'll also come back to the Northwest and the twenty-first century to Portland, Oregon. The group. C.I.J.O. The Chuck Israel's Jazz Orchestra. Chuck's played with Billie Holiday, Bud Powell, Barry Harris, Herbie Hancock, and John Coltrane, to name a few. He brought Bill Evans out of retirement following the loss of bassist Scott LaFaro and performed with Bill Evans from 1961 to 65. He wrote and arranged and directed the National Jazz Ensemble from 1973 to 81. And in 86, he moved to Western in Bellingham to chair the Jazz Studies program. I played in both the Western Big Band and the Little Big Band, which Chuck used to highlight a lot of his compositions and arrangements. Here's Chuck and his orchestra with show-type tune. That was the Chuck Israel's Jazz Orchestra from their 2012 release, Second Wind, a tribute to the music of Bill Evans, with show-type tune. Amazing arrangements. The great thing is if you wanted to, you could get in your car and drive to Portland, and chances are you could see Chuck and his orchestra live. We'll hear more from Chuck in the future. This next song is one of my earliest album purchases. You'll love this song, but be present. It's quite long, but the section playing and solos are worth it. Here's the Toshiko Akiyoshi Lou Tobacco and Big Band with Tuning Up on Classic Jazz Travels. <music> That was the Toshiko Akiyoshi Lou Tobacco Big Band with Tuning Up. Brilliant! Worth every penny if you can find this CD or album. There's beautiful playing from all sections. Were you able to hear the different voices? Did you hear with each chorus the different lines people were creating? The polyphonic voices, using multiple folks on reeds, trombones, trumpets, etc., makes big bands amazing to listen to. Well, it's about time to say goodbye for another week. I hope you've enjoyed the journey through my big band collection. We'll sprinkle more in soon. I want to close with one of my old friends from Berkeley College of Music. He's taken the flame from his father Terry and become a world-renowned composer and drummer. I'm speaking of Jerry Gibbs. He's in New York City now. And his recent records have shot to the top of the jazz charts. This one was recorded during his tenure in Texas. Here's Jerry and the Thrasher Big Band with the Caribbean song. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Go listen to some live jazz.